Hey church, uh, welcome back. Uh, we hope that you are well and enjoying this Christmas day and Christmas season. What an awesome uh, time to be alive. What, a, what an awesome day to be alive. Uh, you know, we're so grateful uh, to God for uh, the life that we have. You know, we, we live this life. We have an abundant life. Your promises of abundance of life uh, because of what Jesus has done uh, for us on the cross. And we celebrate his birth today, uh, you know, as um, is something phenomenal that he has done for us. You know, uh, there are many things that we, we can be grateful to God for, for what God does for us. But nothing is as unique as the birth of Jesus Christ. And the birth of Jesus Christ, not only, um, we, we not only celebrate his birth, but we also celebrate uh, the, the fact that we experience freedom from sin and death into abundance and or eternal life. And this eternal life has been gifted to us uh, because of Jesus. So in, in many ways, uh, the reason for the season uh, it, it has brought us from darkness into light. He is the, the reason uh, why we celebrate it. And also the fact that we, we, we have this freedom that we experience uh, because of what Jesus has done. He's rescued us. He saved us from sin. He saved us from death into his everlasting kingdom. You know, the birth of Jesus Christ is a declaration of freedom into an everlasting life of Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ was a, was a declaration to all of humanity that we, through Jesus Christ, can experience the freedom of everlasting, the everlasting life that Christ lives. It's very important that you understand this right now. We're not just mere human beings going through a spiritual experience, but the Bible says that we're a new creation. We're a new species. We're a new spiritual species that is going through a very unique experience. It's not a human experience, but it is a Christ experience. We're going, we're living the life that we now live. The Bible says that we live by the faith of the Son of God. So which means the life that we live today, you and me, because of Jesus Christ, is the life of Christ on the earth. See, Jesus paid a price with his life so that you and I could live. Not live our individual lives, but we could live the life he lives. You know, the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. You know, the, the, the Bible says that we are seated in Christ in heavenly places and Christ dwells in us on the earth. So as he is, so are we in this world. Christ is not dead, but he's alive. Christ has been resurrected from the dead. The same Christ who, who gave his life for you and me has been resurrected into a new man, a new creation. And the life that we live today, we've got to come out of the old ways of living. We've got to come out of the mindset of the old and embrace the mindset of this new species called Christ. Christ, you must understand that Christ was the first of where, uh, where divinity and humanity coexisted in the same person. He was the first of many sons. He was the firstborn of many sons. That's what the Bible says. 
And the Bible calls us as, as sons of God. Those who believe in Christ have become one with Christ. We're, we're sons of God today. And you and I get to experience the life that Christ lives today. Christ is not dead, but he's alive. And today, we, we, when we celebrate Christmas, we have so many reasons to celebrate Christmas. But more than anything else, we celebrate that we get an opportunity in this life here on the earth to live the life Christ lives, which is far above. He, we are far, we're seated high above all principalities and powers of darkness, dominions and thrones. We are seated high above all these things. The Bible says that he who is from above is above all these things. And what a privilege it is. And we, we not only celebrate just the birth of Jesus, but we celebrate the freedom that we experience that Christ has brought us into. So the, the title of my message today is God with us. All right. God with us. I'm going to, today's message is, is a little mystical uh, and I hope uh, and I believe that you have an open heart to the mystical. Uh, we don't, we don't uh, understand uh, all the mysteries, but today we will understand a few uh, and we'll embrace what it means to live the Christ life. You know, being a Christian uh, is a mystical uh, thing. Living a, it's a mystical life. And I want to invite you to embracing this mystical life that God has invited us into. The reason why it's, why it's a mystery is because the old man cannot understand the, the, the way the kingdom of God functions. The old mindset cannot understand and embrace uh, the, the things of the new. Uh, and so I want to encourage you today, you know, as we talk about God with us. You allow your mind to be renewed by God's word. Okay, so let's get into uh, the scripture and I want you to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 1 and we'll read from verses 18 onwards. And it says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When, now uh, let's just pause there for a second. The birth of Jesus Christ, all right? Jesus was the man, Christ was the, was the consciousness that, that existed in heaven. He's the mind of Christ. And now we're talking about the birth of the man who carried, the man Jesus who carried the consciousness of Christ. All right. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's powerful in itself. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. You and I receive the word. You're receiving the word right now. And that word is seed that comes into your heart. And now you have an opportunity, just like Mary, to say, be it unto me according to your word. And when you say, be it unto me according to your word, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to impregnate you and allow this God seed, this God child conceive in you, right? And so now here he's betrothed to Joseph. Uh, before they came together, she was found with, with the child of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Then Joseph... Her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel 
of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. For she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Come on, that's a powerful verse for a dad to receive. Come on, he's saying, hey, listen, she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus. What Jesus means savior. And he, according to his name, he will save his people from their sins. Wow. Verse 22, and all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the, by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God with us. That is, just, just take a few seconds right now and allow that, allow those three words to just sink into your heart. God with us. Not in heaven, not in some far-fetched space, you know, planet somewhere, you know. Uh, he is God with us. It has always been God's desire to be with man. From the time of the garden, in the beginning, God always came down and fellowshiped with man. His desire has always been to be with man. Every time you say the word Emmanuel, you are, you are, you are invoking God with us. So I want you to, I want you to say that word like you, like you really desire him. You desire to have his presence. You desire him. And every time you say the word Emmanuel, you are, you're actually releasing an invitation to say God with us. You might be a, you might be a a Christian, uh, a person in the family who's the only one who's a Christian and the others from another religion. But what, what you need is not conversion. What you need is God with us. And so here we see this beautiful story where the Bible says that, that Joseph was a just man. That word just over there is the word righteous. He was a righteous man, which means he carried on the inside of him a justice, which means he was a man who loved to do the right thing. Have you ever met people who want to do the right thing? You know, they, they, they carry in them this, this, this virtue of truth that they stand by the truth no matter how difficult the circumstances. And Joseph was a man like that. He was not just an ordinary guy. He was not just a, uh, just like, oh, okay, you know, Joseph is a, is a side character in the play. Actually, I want to present to you the importance of how Joseph, uh, the importance that Joseph and Mary played in, in bringing about uh, God with us. This is very powerful. So we see here that, that Joseph, while he is thinking the thought of putting Mary away secretly, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. This choice that Joseph was about to make was would have really put a, 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 put a spoke in, the, in, in God's plans for, for Jesus coming into the world. You know, because it is important for us to understand why Joseph and why Mary? Okay. So, so the angel comes to him and says, Hey, listen, Joseph. Son, he calls him Joseph, son of David. 
See, when God communicates to you, He's not just talking to you, but He's talking to the lineage that you come from. You, you must understand that. When God was talking to Joseph, He's not just talking to Joseph the man. He was talking to his lineage. God was communicating to him because of the lineage that Joseph comes from. See, Joseph was chosen because he comes from a lineage of people that God had chosen. You, you, if you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you will see that Joseph is of the lineage of Abraham. He's, he's, in his lineage is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Uh, and then you, you have Judah and then Perez. And then you have King David. And then you have all these people that, that really carried such righteousness. They were righteous people before God. And you have his, his lineage comes all the way down to Joseph. And even though Joseph was making a decision that was not godly, God came to him and did not allow him to make that decision. In fact, God said, hey, listen, this woman that you have, don't be afraid to take her as your wife because the child in her womb is of the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes we make decisions uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, where, where fear of society, fear of man, fear of, of being defiled, fear of losing your dignity. We, we, fear is one of the reasons that one of the things that robs us from experiencing faith. And here we see the angel saying, hey, listen, have a little faith. The child that is in her womb is of the Holy Spirit. So Joseph, don't reject her, but actually accept her. Accept her. Let, let her become your wife because the child in her womb is the son of God. And his name, I want you to give him his name. His name is Jesus. And he is the savior. He will save his people from their sins. And then he goes on to say, hey, listen, the, the, this has to happen because a prophet prophesied it. You must understand that when God gives prophetic words uh, through his prophets, when God gives word of knowledge, when God gives word of wisdom, when he prophesies through people, sometimes it may not happen immediately, but it might happen generations later. And some of us might, uh, you know, uh, we look at prophetic words and we're like, oh, uh, hold on a minute, it hasn't happened in, in, in my lifetime. It hasn't happened in six months. It happened, hasn't happened in six years. It hasn't happened in, in, in 60 years. And sometimes we reject prophetic words and we tend not to, to allow it to go into the next generation. But actually speaking, God was speaking to generations ahead. When he spoke to the prophet Isaiah in, in Isaiah chapter 7, these exact same words, he was he put in motion the plan for Mary to conceive the child. It's very powerful that you understand why Mary and why Joseph. He, Mary was, was, was one that was found in favor. God, she, God found her, uh, God chose her and favored her so that she could carry the one. She was righteous before God. She was a virgin who was blameless before God. And God chose her as a vessel to host God on the earth. See, a child is a, is a part of when a, when, a, when a woman conceives in her womb, the child is a part of her womb. It's part of the mother. The mother carries this child for nine months and he's a part of the mother. He chose her to fulfill 
a prophetic word that Isaiah had given hundreds of years before Jesus. It's extremely vital that you understand. For Mary, it was the fulfillment of the prophetic word. But for Joseph, the reason why God chose Joseph is because Joseph comes from a lineage of righteousness. He had righteousness and royalty in his lineage. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm sharing this uh, today during, during Christmas is because we must understand the mystical nature in the, in the way God does things with us. And we must understand that God had to do this. He had to reveal that Jesus was born in righteousness. The Bible says that Jesus was sinless. Which means there was no sin that was passed down from one generation into Jesus. His father was a righteous man. He was a just man. He was, a, he, he had, he was pure in heart. And so these are the, the, the lineage that, that people looked at. And they in those days, people would look at your lineage and they would either qualify you or disqualify you. And so we see now, the angel says, you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That word Emmanuel in the Greek text, um, in, the, in the Orthodox Greek means that uh, the, 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 the combination of humanity and divinity in Christ. Jesus was a man, Christ was divinity. And Jesus became the Christ when, when Christ manifested himself as Jesus. Christ chose to become like Jesus and come into the world and demonstrate to us what it means to live like God with us. See, when we say we're a new creation, the old is gone and behold, the new has come. We think, okay, Jesus never, Christ never existed on the earth. He was in heaven and that's about it. But let me tell you something. Christ was on the earth from the foundation of the world. The Bible says that from the foundation of the world, that God chose us to be in Christ. God chose us in Christ from the foundation of the world. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? So when God spoke in the beginning, you must understand when God spoke, He spoke His mind. So the Word came out of God. When the Word came out of God, the consciousness of Christ, the consciousness of Christ came to the earth. Jesus did not come to the earth. To, Christ did not come to the earth 2,000 years ago. Christ came to the earth in the beginning. And so Christ has been on the planet, has been on the earth, interacting with humanity with one desire. God with us. From the beginning, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us, is not a, Christ, a Christmas name. But it is the nature of God from the beginning of time, from all of creation. Ladies and gentlemen, all of creation is longing to interact with the consciousness of Christ. And from the beginning, the consciousness of Christ, consciousness of Christ has been evolving. Now, 
some of us might not understand what consciousness means. But consciousness means the spirit of Christ. It means the, the, the anointing of Christ. It means the awareness of Christ. And it existed from the beginning of time. From the beginning of the world, when the world was created, when all everything was created, Christ was on the earth. Christ, the consciousness of Christ was on the earth. God would come in fellowship with man. And every time God would come in fellowship with man, he would speak to man. And every time he spoke to man, Christ would be manifested. Now, let me, let me explain this. The nature of consciousness is the anointing of Christ upon a person. Okay, the nature of the consciousness of Christ is the anointing of Christ that would rest upon a person in the Old Testament. And every time that consciousness would rest upon that person, they would begin to function according to the unction of Christ. It was always God's intention for us to have God with us. It was always his intention. And the way he did that is when he spoke the word, you must understand, the word is, the spoken word is the Logos. The Logos means the mind of Christ, the mind of God. And every time a person would receive the spoken word of God, they would receive the mind of Christ. When they received the mind of Christ, ladies and gentlemen, when they believed it and they acted upon that word, they would begin to function according to the mind of Christ, not according to their old mind. And when they functioned, Christ would begin to manifest himself upon the earth through that person. And every time he did that, the consciousness of Christ would begin to increase upon the earth. I, I'll... I'll give you an example. You know, when we look at the garden, uh, when we look at the consciousness of Christ versus the consciousness of sin, right? We, we look at how God would come and fellowship with man in the garden. But, and he said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What They went and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they chose to sin. They, and sin now separated man from God. It did not separate God from man because sin does not have power over God. Sin had power only over man. So it separated man from God. And so the more man sinned, the more the consciousness of sin began to increase on the planet. It began to increase on the earth. And so the more the consciousness of sin began to increase on the earth, the Bible says in Genesis 6, that, six, that, that the Spirit of God could not contend with man. Because man chose sin. He believed he was a sinner. He believed he was guilty. He believed he was condemned. And because of that, they constantly remained in sin. So the way God increased the consciousness of Christ is by speaking the word to individuals. He would come to Abraham and he would give him a promise. And Abraham would believe God. And then God would account to him righteousness, innocence. See, but then from, and then Abraham would do awesome stuff. He would have awesome miracles take place in his life. While he's having children and while his, his family is growing. 
Now, his sons who begin to see the relationship that Abraham have with God, now begin to, when they have their own family, we're talking about Isaac now, Isaac's consciousness of Christ, the consciousness of God, his relationship with God was much more because of his of the consciousness of Christ that he received by watching his father and his interaction with God. And so now we see that Isaac, if you read through his story, had crazy favor. He would, Isaac planted and reaped in the same season. Come on now. He reaped a hundredfold. You must understand the 30, 60, 100 fold that we, that Jesus talks about. This guy had so much of Christ on him that whatever he did, he prospered instantly. I mean, that is phenomenal. Only Christ can do something like that. See, we must understand when the consciousness of Christ comes upon a person, that person does not become natural. You don't do natural things. You do supernatural things because Christ is on you. It's Christ is upon you, right? So now, then we look at uh, then we look at Isaac. Then we look at Jacob, right? We look at Jacob. Jacob wrestled with a with a, with a spirit, and 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 even though his hip was was dislocated, my God, he got a promise that day that his name was changed to Israel. He became the father of Israel. You must understand how phenomenal that is to inherit a promise. Right? But he did not inherit the promise. It was Christ who inherited that promise. Oh, come on. When Christ inherited that promise, now the consciousness of Christ from Jacob now began to increase over an entire nation. He had 12 sons, 12 tribes of Israel, and all of them increased in their consciousness and their relationship with God. It began to multiply more than sin began to multiply on the earth. Come on, this is powerful. Then we look at we look at Joseph's life. This is all part of the Christmas story. We look at Joseph's life and we look at the crazy amount of favor that Joseph had. I mean, you, you look at Joseph and his relationship. Even though his own brother sold him, you see a lot of the characteristics of Christ, Jesus Christ in Joseph. You see a lot of the characteristics of Jesus Christ in Jacob. You see the characteristics of Christ in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. You see the characteristics of, of Christ in Moses. I mean, Moses, think about Moses. The, the, there, there was something different that happened between, between the generation of, of Joseph and the generation of Moses. What was it? People begin to cry out to God because they were in captivity. Wow, come on. Something that Joseph did, right? Because of the consciousness, he grew to such a stature that when people, Israelites, were in captivity in Egypt, they began to cry out to God and God heard their prayer. They were so aware of the consciousness of Christ and who Christ is to them. They wanted a savior. They desired a savior called Christ. The nature and the character of Christ to save and rescue his people. My goodness, God spoke to Moses from a burning bush. Wow. He gave him his word. He gave Moses the Logos. And even though Moses was, was not qualified, he was a stammerer and he was a murderer and he ran away from, from, uh, from Egypt. God sent him back. But he sent him back 
empowered, anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit upon him. He went like a he, he went like a mighty man against an entire nation. And you see how Moses now is a foreshadow of the Christ to come. God with us. See, God has been with us since the beginning of time. And we see how Moses single-handedly rescues three million people out of captivity and leads them towards the promised land. Who does that? Who, which human being has that kind of a capacity? We celebrate Usain Bolt running his, his 100 meter race and wow, he's, but he's racing against only 10 people. Here we have Moses, a stammerer and a murderer, a guy who disqualifies himself, suddenly becomes aware of the consciousness of Christ, uh, aware of God, who God is in his life. Now just takes on a Pharaoh and his army. And then he begins to see. You must understand. Listen to me very carefully. If you read the scriptures, Moses was given a God-like status in Egypt and in Israel. Nobody in the camp could speak against him or even have a bad thought about him. God would rebuke them. His own family, Miriam and Aaron. Miriam was, was God made Miriam a leper. She was leprous because she spoke against Moses. Come on, man. You must understand that when you have the consciousness of Christ, when you have the Christ upon you, the whole of heaven begins to take you seriously. Why? It's because you've embraced God with us. Yes, the supernatural things happen, but God values the vessel that he fills. That vessel that he fills is no longer just a vessel, but it becomes his body, his vessel. He takes it personal. Paul says this, the first Adam was created in the image and likeness of God. But I want to say this, the second Adam was the likeness of God. This is very powerful church. The first Adam was created in the image and likeness of God, which means he had a choice to, to, to not become like, like the image he saw. But the second Adam was the image of God, was the likeness of God. The Bible says that God took on human flesh. God incarnate. He took on human flesh. There's incarnation that took place where God, who is a divine being, came and became us. He didn't just take on human flesh and became one person. He became, yes, he did. But in hope that every single person who believed in Jesus Christ would carry the same, would be transformed into his image and likeness, not Adam's image and likeness, because Adam was in the image of God. He was not the image of God. He was in the image of God. And so we see that we are being transformed, ladies and gentlemen, into the image and likeness of the second Adam who is Christ. 
who is the Christ on the earth. Not in a foreign distant land or a foreign planet or a realm that, that we have no access to. But God's desire is for you and I to have full access to Him. And the way we have full access to Him is through the mind of Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. This is the privilege that we have. Christmas is about accessing God in, a, in, a, in, a, in the true way, the way that Jesus has made for us. You know, God doesn't want to be so invisible that we have no access to Him. But it is, but through Christ, God became visible. We must understand that Jesus took on the likeness, Christ took on the likeness of human flesh. We must understand, ladies and gentlemen, that when God wanted to incarnate Himself, He didn't do it instantly. He didn't say, okay, Jesus, now is the time, go. But the incarnation of Christ actually took God 42 generations of hearing the word and obeying the word. 42 generations of people interacting with God, obeying His word, receiving His word, applying it in their life without even knowing what they were doing. But yet God had a plan. My goodness, God had a plan. God with us, God instituted. You must understand the consciousness of Christ. The minute God spoke, Abraham received it. Christ started forming the consciousness of Christ. It started increasing in the world. It started compounding in the world to a point where there were so many people who believed in Jesus, who believed in Christ that the Messiah was going to come. The Messiah was going to come. I believe in the Messiah. He's going to come. Prophecies, 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 prophecies. All of a sudden, boom, Gabriel visits Mary. But all these people never had the spirit, the consciousness within them. The consciousness was upon them. God would come upon them, the anointing, the Spirit would come upon them like Samson to do mighty things and then the Spirit would lift off. But there's something about you and me. There's something about Christmas. In Christmas to me, I believe that God drew a line in the sand and He says, no longer will my Spirit come upon them. And, and you must understand, when the Spirit came upon these guys in the Old Testament, that God would do awesome things through them, but He would never transform them into the image and likeness of the Christ. But the line was drawn in the sand on Christmas Day, on the birth of Jesus. When Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary and when she gave birth to Jesus, God drew a line in the sand and He says, Now my plan is in action. It took 42 generations. But now, when Jesus has come, Christ has come. Christ has manifested in the flesh. And when He gave His life, whoever believed in Him did not perish, but have had ever, has everlasting life. He says, I will give them my spirit and I will give them my, a new heart, my mind. And the mind of Christ and the spirit of God 
dwelling inside a, a, a human being transforms that human being into the likeness of Christ. Not the likeness of Adam, not the likeness of Moses, not the likeness of Samson, who were all flawed, but in the likeness of the Holy One, Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I have the privilege today that every time we receive the Word of God into our hearts, it's not just an invitation to say amen and a good word. It's an invitation to be Christ on the earth. See, Christ came and gave up His life so that you and I could live His life on the earth. I want to ask you the question, how are you living your life today? What are the choices that you're making today? It's Christmas time. We celebrate, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but are you celebrating your transformation? Are you celebrating your renewal of the mind? Are you celebrating the fact that, G, that, the, that the plan that God has is now in full motion? Every prophecy, every word that was given from the time of Abraham, God had you and me in mind. Are we wasting the, the, the knowledge of the prophecies that we've received in our lives? Are we too caught up with church politics? Are we too caught up, caught up with government politics and country politics and careers and all of these things that we forget the basic thing of our existence and that is to be Christ on the earth. See, the consciousness of Christ was upon a person and it multiplied and, and as it multiplied, it, it formed Christ, it, 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 Christ manifested himself in the physical, but now Christ is not manifesting himself in the physical, but he's manifesting himself in you and through you. Christ, instead of being a one person, is now in, has the possibility to be in everyone. Everyone. That alcoholic husband that you have, Christ has a possibility of manifesting Christ. He has a possibility of manifesting Christ through his life. That addiction that, that your husband has or your wife has or your girlfriend or your boyfriend has, hey, listen, they have the potential to manifest Christ on the earth. They're not just ordinary human beings. There's a reason why you are in their life and they're in your life because there's a reason why you are listening to this word today. It's because you have the potential to manifest Christ on the earth. I want to take you to John chapter 14 right now. And I'll read a couple of um, beautiful verses that Jesus teaches his disciples. John chapter 14 and we'll read from verses 21 to 23. And Jesus says this, He who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him. And here we go. And manifest myself to him. Wow. This is amazing. See, if you read this very carefully, some people have interpreted it as works, right? He who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me. You must understand that when you receive the word of God and you keep it, you receive the grace to love Christ. 
It's not that, that, that loving Christ is a work. Loving Christ is grace. He gives you, when you receive the word of God and you receive the mind of Christ, you've received the ability to love Christ. And when you respond to Christ, guess who loves you? His father. And when his father loves you, now Christ is manifested through you. Christ is manifested in you. Christ is manifested through you. And Christ is manifested as you. You must understand that. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered again and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. There we go again. Keeping his word is not works. If you love him, you will gracefully keep his word. And my father will love him. And here we go. We will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that amazing? What a Christmas gift you're receiving right now. What a gift we have received. What a gift we have received from God. God's not interested in staying up there, staying out there and being almighty God and being separate from you and me. God wants to make you and me his home. This season, Christmas at home is about Christ being in his right place. I mean, this season, COVID season has really given us the right perspective. The right perspective is stay at home. Why? Because Christ wants to make you his home. It's so prophetic. If you, if you are upset with this season and you're like, oh, no, 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 you're making all this, you're, you're, you're agitated and you're anxious about this season. I want to tell you, it's so prophetic and so profound that you can even miss it. That God wants to be with you. God wants to be in you and he wants you to be as he is on the earth. So this Christmas, I just want to bless you. I want to declare God's abundant love upon you. Um, you know, what a privilege it is for us to understand the mystical nature of God. It's such a mystery. The world can't understand this, but you and I can. He has given us the grace to understand his scriptures to understand his heart. God, Emmanuel, God with us. It's such a privilege for us to not just be a host of God in us, but actually be transformed as the likeness of God on the earth. We are not God. I'm not saying that. We're not God. We're not, don't, we're not equal with God. But let me tell you something, God has decided through his scriptures, it is proven, God has decided to make you like his son. Not in the image only, but also in the likeness. You carry the seal of Christ in you. You carry the seal of Christ upon you when you function. Every time you obey God and every time Christ manifests himself, Guess what happens? Christ, the consciousness of Christ is increased in the world 
and people who don't know Christ begin to get drawn to Christ in you. This season, I want to declare over you that you, because of the anointing of Christ in you, as you lift up Christ in your life, you will draw all men unto you. So I bless you. I declare long life upon you and have an awesome, awesome Christmas. Hey, we don't have our prayer teams uh, today. We don't have the, uh, the, the Zoom links uh, today because it's Christmas. We just want everybody to, to hang out with their family. But we want to encourage you, hey, to hang out with somebody, hang out with people, meet someone, give someone a call and wish them Merry Christmas. We love you. Kelsey and I love you. We're praying for you. And we will see you next week. God bless. Bye.